When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. You got to take it while you can get it, Joe. Giannis not practicing with the Bucks, So maybe there will be more getting it for my Miami Heat and playoff Jimmy. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Heat fans, very excited, as you should be. You did win game one. You shot 59% from the floor, 60% from deep. Good luck replicating that, but I digress. The fact that you're watching the injury report and you're celebrating that Giannis isn't playing, you should want to play Giannis. You nope. should want to beat the best. That should be what you aim for. Not Absolutely hoping everybody not. gets hurt. That's a whole bunch of nonsense. The whole, <laughs> we want to beat the best, to prove we're the best. What? We're not the best. We know we're not the best. It's Giannis against Takumbo. What are we talking about? We we're want the need easiest a little help path. from the... The, you know, injury bug, unfortunately. I'm not wishing any ill on Giannis by any means. I certainly hope he makes a full recovery. But, you know, if you have like a little boo-boo for another game, let's take it while we can get it. That's all I'm saying. Look, you can't control how things are going to play out. Sometimes it'll break in your favor. Sometimes it will not. In this case right now, it is broken very much in Miami's favor. So let's see what you're able to do about it in game two. You are still a seven and a half point underdog, which would lead me to believe that old Giannis is going to find his way out into the hardwood. Uh, well, that game is not the game that I want to start talking a about. Boo-boo? Yes, James. A boo-boo? Well, a boo-boo. You know, I mean, I feel like it's the most non-offensive thing I can wish on Giannis, right? Because anything beyond that, it's I don't think you should wish anything, but a boo-boo, yeah, I guess that's the least egregious thing. He'll be fine. He can walk it off. I hope he gets sick. Not, you know, not sick with something that would kill him. Just, you know, diarrhea for three days to knock him out of two games in the series. (laughs) Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Round out your protection with life, phone, and pet and health insurance. So I that's not actually the series that I wanted to start today off talking about. What I wanted to say. start today off talking about is the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. However, the news has been dominated today with the Warriors side of this equation and specifically Draymond Green. We are going to get to what happened with Draymond and the antics, but I want to start off actually focusing on the Kings because I feel like they're the feel-good story and somehow... They're getting lost in this, Joe, where people are more concerned about talking about the Warriors being down 0-2 than they are talking about the Kings being up 2-0 on the Warriors. This is a fun, young team. They outplayed the Warriors once again last night. They end up winning 114-106. to It is 2-0. They get to light the beam once again. You mentioned the most important word of all of that, fun. They're a fun basketball team. They score a lot of points. They have a lot of names on that team that if you follow basketball, it's not going to surprise you to hear them. But for those people who might be more of a casual fan that pay more attention in the playoffs, De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, DeMontis Sabonis, you're starting to see young guys who are very, very good start to get their due on the big stage. And they're doing it against a team that's not only the defending champions. They're doing it against a team that's not only their biggest rival. They're doing it against a team that has just stomped them into oblivion for the better part of the last decade. Clay Thompson's infamous quarter 
on and on and on. The Warriors have made history against these this Kings team in the worst possible of ways for Sacramento fans. And now the shoe's on the other foot. They're not even doing anything all that remarkable. I mentioned your Miami Heat beating Milwaukee in game one. Miami shot 60% from the three-point line. That is an insane number for three-point shooting. If a team averages 40% three-point shooting on the year, it's fantastic. They shot 60% from the game. The Kings are actually shooting four percentage points worse than their regular season average from the floor. They're shooting six percentage points worse than their regular season average from three-point range, and yet they're finding ways to win with big fourth quarters. They are not shriveling up in the moment, and that has been the most impressive thing to watch throughout this series. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, certainly one of the most clutch players in the league. Golden State coughed up 20 turnovers. Sacramento had 29 free throws. And Steph Curry, after that game last night, Joe, is talking about we have to match their momentum. And I thought that was just so poignant because it, to me, signifies this shift where the Warriors are the old team now. Like, they may still be a dynasty, and certainly coming off of last year's championship, we're still in that Warriors dynasty era, but we know we are on the tail end of it, right? If we're not seeing the end of it, we're going to see the end of it sometime soon. And it felt like that in Game 2, because Steph's talking about matching the momentum, and he mentions that they're young and that they're athletic, and that was so apparent last night in this game. They are younger. They are more athletic. They are faster. They seem to jump. Like everything about it felt more physical on Sacramento's end than it did on Golden State's end. And I thought that that part of it was really interesting that in 27 previous series that that core at Golden State has had, they have never faced a 2-0 deficit. An unbelievably experienced team that has never been in this situation in the postseason. Few things stand out as to why this looks like it could be end of the dynasty. Number one, that stat right there. Number two, the Warriors have forever in this dynasty owned the third quarter. That has been their quarter. From the 2014-2015 when it all started until now, the third quarter is synonymous with Golden State basketball. They have been outscored in the third quarter in each of the first two games of this series. That never happens to Golden State, especially in the playoffs. All right, And then in addition to that, And this is perhaps what's most troubling. They've got nothing coming from the bench. During the dynasty run, they always had one or two key players who could give you quality minutes off the bench. David West, JaVale McGee, Mo Buckets, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala for a while, and then they moved him into the starting five. They've always had one or two key players that they could bank on. They don't have that now. What they have is a ton of money invested in Jordan Poole, who went one for seven last night with some crazy bad turnovers in that game. They've got Jonathan Kaminga, who they used the first round pick on two years ago. They got four minutes out of him. He was minus 10 in point differential during those four minutes. Moses Moody, another first round pick. He played eight minutes last night. He scored four points. He had one assist. They're not getting any help from the bench. And they might get past the King, sure. But they're not going to go the distance with that kind of production from the non-starting five. Meanwhile, Sacramento is getting production out of guys like Davian Mitchell, right? I mean, you knew that you're going to get defense. it from Barnes and Fox, but you're getting it from the role players around those guys as well. Everything brought everybody brought their A game for Sacramento in the biggest moment for a team that's wildly inexperienced in the postseason. And it's fun to see because we're also talking about a team that everybody picked against, and yet they were the three seed. They're the team with the home court advantage, and nobody gave them any shot against this 
Warriors team. And I guess from the Sacramento perspective, it ain't a problem. They're just going to go out there and handle business. Uh, the moment clearly not too big, at least so far, for this team up 2-0 on the Warriors. So we are going to get to the other side of this conversation with this series. We will get to Draymond Green and his shenanigans. But first, Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit more money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Last night, train wreck. Two and four minus 5.06 units. Puke. Overall, still, show still cooking, though. 84 wins, 72 defeats, plus 20.49 units. Here we go. This one tips off in about 19 minutes. It's the Cavs. It's the Knicks. We're going under 214 total points. The total in game one was 216 points. They went under by 18 points. It wasn't even close. So the bookmakers readjust. Now they have it at 214, two points shy. I still don't think it gets there. These are two teams that rank in the bottom five in terms of pace. Cleveland's last. They do not move up and down the court with a lot of speed. In addition to that, Cleveland's the number one defense in the league in terms of efficiency. The Knicks play great defense in the playoffs. I think this game is going to be a grind. We are going under 214 total points between the Cavs and the Knicks. So we gave Draymond, or we gave the Kings rather, the love that they deserve. Now we're going to give Draymond his due. Draymond Green up to the antics once again. What does that mean for the Golden State Warriors moving forward? We'll get into that next. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
Draymond Green was added again. We'll get into the details of what that means for the Warriors, how it affects this series, and if we agree with the ref's call there. But first, Joe Fortenbaugh has even more betting advice for you. It's what he does best, at least most of the time. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, so we just gave out Cavs, Knicks, under 214 points. Let's go to the ice. Toronto and Tampa Bay, under six goals. Some might say, wait a minute, you've got two top 10 offenses here. Why wouldn't they score at least seven goals in this game? Great question. We also have some elite defenses and high-level goaltending. Toronto ranks seventh in the NHL in goal allows the goals allowed Excuse me, this season. But more importantly, Andre Vasilevsky in net for Tampa Bay. Now, Vasilevsky didn't have his... Best career season this past year, but he still had a very strong season. He's also won two Stanley Cups, and he has been absolute nails in the playoffs. I look for him to ratchet it up here. Pizza money number two, Toronto, Tampa Bay, under six goals in the NHL playoffs. They haven't been down 2-0 since the 2007 conference semis against Utah. After the game, I was actually thinking about that. Like, man, I think this is one we haven't seen yet. You're on the road. You've struggled to win on the road. You're playing against a young team, and you're the team that turns the ball over 20 times. That's the biggest issue. Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green, he was ejected from his team's loss, 114-106, to the Sacramento Kings last night in Game 2 of the first round. Joe and Amber's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. It came after he stomped on Sabonis. Now, Sabonis was also issued a tech because Sabonis very clearly, before the stomp, grabbed Draymond Green's legs. And so he ends up stomping on Sabonis. The ref said that he stomped too hard, even though maybe he couldn't have completely avoided stepping over Sabonis completely or stepping on Sabonis completely. But part of the problem might have been, Joe, the fact that while the refs were reviewing the play and deciding what to issue, Draymond Green's over there taunting the crowd in Sacramento, doing Draymond Green antics. And the problem with Draymond is you're, you're like he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt in this situation because it's Draymond. It's a player that we saw throw an entire NBA Finals in 2016 because he couldn't handle his emotions and had a very infamous kick. This feels a lot like that. It's not an NBA Finals. It might as well be this team's now down 0-2. I don't understand why this is such a big story. I mean, I think I get it, but... What about this is unique? What about this is new? What about this is different? This is just, this is him. This is how he has always been. And he's unapologetic for it. Draymond Green is going to be Draymond Green. Nobody is going to get him to change the way he plays basketball. Nobody's going to get him to change the way he lives his life. He's chosen that path. He is unapologetically honest about who he is. And at every single turn throughout his career, he's shown us that. He showed us that in the NBA Finals when LeBron James baited him into a technical foul that put him over the limit, got him suspended for Game 5. Warriors lost that game. Warriors lost Game 6. Warriors lost Game 7 when they had a 3-1 series lead. And boop, the 73-win season went right down the toilet. We saw it with Kevin Durant in the Clippers game early in the season when they were yelling and screaming at each other on the court. And then Durant infamously mouthed, if you're trying to, you know, read the, his lips and you're capable of doing that. And we did that on local radio in San Francisco for like a month, but it was, this is why I'm out. 
Like, letting you know, this is why I'm leaving. I don't want to be around this guy. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But whatever happened in the locker room afterwards from that night was even worse. Beginning of this season, people forget, lays out Jordan Poole. Walks up to Jordan Poole and just punches him in the face. And then here we are with this. And after the moment happens, like you said, he gets up on the table. He's yelling and screaming with the fans. What about this is anything surprising to anybody whatsoever? This is how it is. The only difference now is that he doesn't really make the same level of plays that he used to. And we saw that in last year's NBA Finals when they had to yank him out during crunch time. He isn't the same guy he used to be. He's still a good contributor, but he's not the high-level player he used to be. What's unusual about this is everything that you just mentioned on top of each other, right? Is normally when you have a player of this caliber who's so important to his team, he's going to learn from his mistakes. And Draymond Green continues to not learn from his mistakes. He is an unbelievably emotional player. Sometimes that's a good thing. It makes him one of the best defenders in the game. And maybe it has provided a lot of motivation that ultimately helps him in the way that he plays basketball on the court. The problem is that emotion also reels its ugly head in ways that we saw last night. But it happens time and time and time again. And one would think that if you're an elite player with a high basketball IQ like Draymond Green is, that when you lose an NBA finals because of a tactic, because you not handling your emotions in that moment, because of one single kick that I think we all think changed the trajectory of everything. If you did that in that moment and you cost your entire team that, then wouldn't you not do it moving forward? And he's done it time and time and time again, and now he's doing it in the playoffs. Like, it's one thing, these other incidents that you mentioned in the regular season or right before the regular season, it's another thing now that we're in another postseason and that he's costing his team what possibly could be the entire series where his team is now down 0-2 for the first time ever for this core of Warriors players. The, the disconnect, though, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying the disconnect is you refer to these things as mistakes. He doesn't see them as mistakes. He doesn't look at last night as a mistake. I think in his mind what happened last night is Sabonis grabbed his ankle, made a dirty play. As a result, he was trying to get around him. He was off balance. He stepped on Sabonis. The refs don't like him. They're out to get him. They call the foul, and then the crowd was going nuts, and that's just him. He's just an emotional player. He's going to let the crowd have it. That's how it is. I don't think he looks at the situation with LeBron James in Game 5 as he made a mistake. LeBron baited him. LeBron teabagged him. That was the famous conversation. LeBron was dragging his you-know-whats across his forehead earlier in this season. And this is the other point. It's not like the organization cares that much. I mean, they don't want to see it, but they watched him lay out Jordan Poole, and then that video went viral, and then what did they do? They kind of suspended him, and then they brought him back, and now they're letting him do his thing. Yeah, they're making their bed. They're going to have to lie in it. They're all good with it. I don't think they are all good with it, and that's, that's what I wonder here because they've been all good with it in the past, but it's what you mentioned earlier when you said that he ain't the same player he used to be, right? Like, he's still a good player, but he's not elite, elite Draymond Green, you know, the best defender in the league player anymore. And if you're not that caliber of player, how much longer are they going to want to put up with this? They're going to pretend that they're okay with it right now, but you're starting to see the cracks here in the foundation, and I think that's part of what might signify the end of this Warriors dynasty. I could easily see them departing ways with Draymond Green after this postseason. I could see it. Could you see it in this offseason? I feel 
feel like the Warriors have to secretly be sick of this, sick of all these antics. It cost gotta, them Kevin Durant. It cost them an NBA Finals. And I gotta now tell you, it's I was up them there for it. Round against the Kings. He does it every year. It never changes. Like they keep sticking by him. They keep giving him contracts, and he's got a player option coming up. So it's up to him whether or not he wants to stay. He can exercise the option for twenty-seven million, or many believe he'll opt out because for him at this point, it's not about the dollars per year. It's about the years because they're fully guaranteed. So the thought process is he'll opt out. Maybe the Warriors offer like three years, $60 million, but the Warriors have been tolerating this for close to a decade. It's not like anything's going to change. He's a player, though, that when you wear your emotions on your sleeve, you can get away with it as long as you are one of the most elite players on the court. And at some point, Father Time comes for everybody. Father Time's not coming for us, at least not yet. DeAndre Hopkins, where is he? Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Joe Fortenbaugh and Amber Wilson hanging out with you here on Joe and Amber. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. To listen to us, all you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. Let's get to the sound from the last 24 hours. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. The first available wide receiver domino fell last week when OBJ signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Now the most interesting and possibly available wide receiver on the market is DeAndre Hopkins. Where will he eventually land? Von Miller says there's one place he knows D-Hop would like to be talk to Hop all the time. It's kind of like the same thing with OBJ. You just never know until you know. Hop said he wanted to be a Buffalo Bill, and you just never know until you get, you know, that DeAndre Hopkins signature on the contract. So, I don't, I'm not sure what, you know, the circumstances are or, you know, what's what's going on with that, but I would love to see, you know, DeAndre Hopkins be here, and I would love to, you know, have his skill set on our offense with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Dawson Knox and Gabe Davis. Like, how could we lose with those guys? We bring in our producer, James Steele. Hi. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of teams that could use a guy like DeAndre Hopkins at the wide receiver position. So, Joe, if you're D-Hop and you had your pick of those teams who are a kind of wide receiver needy, where would you want to go and play? Well, I mean, is it up to DeAndre Hopkins? Interesting question because he carries a cap number of $30.7 million right now. So any deal that's going to be done is going to probably have to figure out a new contract for him because he's got two years left on this deal. 
he's going to want a new deal, more guaranteed money bumped up front. The new team's not going to want to get drilled with a $30 million cap hit for a wide receiver who appears to be in decline but may not be. And the Cardinals are obviously going to want to get something in return if they end up making the trade. So ultimately, there's a lot to figure out here. Buffalo would be great, but do you want to go to Buffalo? Do you want to be opposite Stephon Diggs? It always comes down to whether or not it's about the team or it's about your own numbers. If he wants to win a Super Bowl, Buffalo's a great option. If he wants to be the number one wide receiver, might want to look somewhere else. Because the reality of the situation is you got Stephon Diggs there, you got a lot of other great players there, and you don't want to be getting upset that you're only getting seven targets a game rather than 12 if you were a front runner somewhere else. I think Buffalo sounds like a great landing spot for him. I thought OBJ, honestly, was going to end up with the Buffalo Bills. It seems like a good landing spot if your goal is to contribute to a team that is probably going to be in contention to really make some noise in the conference, if not get to a Super Bowl. However, like Joe just said, it depends what your goal is. If your goal is to be featured more, then maybe that wouldn't be the move. I mean, some people are even saying the Carolina Panthers might be interested in a D-hop when they're coming off of that number one pick. The Baltimore Ravens, apparently, are still in the mix, even though they took OBJ. I know Pac-Man Jones said that recently, and he's really close, apparently, to Hopkins. And so there's a lot of discussion that some of these teams might not be out on him that we consider out on him. I do think that if I was D-hop, the Bills probably would be near the top of the list. Yeah, so uh, there was a video from, I think it was CBSSports.com, uh, and the the person interviewing uh, D-Hop asked him not to say anything, but just to, you know, without saying words, uh, express which places he would like to go. And he asked him a couple of teams. He was like, no, on the Patriots and Browns. And he was, yes, on the Bills and you guys are going to kill me for this, but the Chiefs, the reigning, oh, defending Super Bowl nah, champions. I can understand but that. I he wants to play like with a good to, quarterback. He wants I to too win. would like to go to the Chiefs. Why? I mean, and realistically, <laughs> though, the Chiefs do, I mean, they do have they do have more needs there. And we saw a more wide receiver by committee approach from the Chiefs last season. It's honestly not a bad, not a bad thought process. I love that statement. Side. They've won five straight. They've been the AFC Championship five straight years. They've won two right. Super Bowls, like but the they have needs. Amber's like, they've well, got they needs. What they needs do, do they, they do have? Actually, they, do they don't have, have needs. They have wants. It's different. Needs and wants are different. It's what you got to teach your kids. Well, it's not the same returning wide receiver room is my point. So, theoretically. And do we have that discussion that last year, too? I don't know. Oh, are yeah, we going yeah, back to that? Speaking of the Bills, yeah. a couple weeks ago, at some point, they're going to miss Tyreek James one of these days. When? Speaking of the Bills, a couple weeks ago, their head coach, Sean McDermott, said that the way his quarterback plays is not a healthy way to play quarterback. But what does Josh Allen think of his coach's assessment of his play? Well, here's Josh Allen earlier today. Sounds crazy, but I'm getting older. I can't continue to do this. I know when I'm using my youth, I, I feel like I can. But over the course of my career, I'm going to have to learn to adapt and change. And, you know, I've always had the mindset of I've been a football player first and a quarterback second. And at some point, that's going to have to switch. When that point is, I don't know. I guess I'll let my, my body tell me. But like I said, I want to be the smartest quarterback with the football in my hands. I don't want to put the ball in harm's way um, because I know how detrimental that is for our team. Amber, do you think... We'll see a change in the way Josh Allen plays uh, soon. And if we do, how effective will he be? It's weird that Josh Allen keeps getting older and I just stay the same age. But yeah, how about that? It's, isn't that weird how that works? Um, <laughs> it's funny, though, that he referenced the age there and then said, I guess I'll let my body tell me when I get to that point. How about you don't? 
Josh. Like that seems like a terrible plan is letting your body tell you when you get to that point. How about you just go ahead and circumvent the entire problem and figure out a way to play this game that's going to allow your body to play it a whole lot longer? Because the second your body catches up to you and start telling you, it's probably going to mean some trouble for the longevity of your career. Yes, he's going to have to change the way that he plays. And frankly, he needs to just change the way that he plays in order to be more available to his team. It's not necessarily even about his own career. It's also the success of this team. If you get knocked out in games, you're not going to be available to your team. It's that simple. Go ahead and protect yourself. Every rule out there is made in this game, tailor-made to protect you. Quite literally, the NFL wants to protect you. Everybody wants to protect you. Your coach wants to protect you. Go ahead and finally give in and protect yourself. It's all part of just transitioning and taking your game, frankly, to that next level. I'm not sure it much has to do with his age. So... Guys like Josh Allen and especially Justin Fields need to watch Cam Newton tape to understand how quickly it can come to a, a, an end. And I mean, with Newton, Newton was fantastic. He just took too many shots, and then eventually the body gives out. You're Superman only for so long. Allen takes too many hits. So he should be watching Cam Newton tape, much like Justin Fields, and then he should be watching Russell Wilson tape. Because Russell Wilson, for all the jokes everyone made about him last year, is very good at avoiding contact, getting down, getting out of bounds when he decides to run. The part of the genius of Tom Brady and why he was able to extend his career as long as he did was that he was healthy. Why was he healthy? He didn't take big hits. Go through an average game, right? Brady's going to run, let's call it 60, 65 plays on offense. How many of those plays are going to be passes? Maybe 35. So we're already eliminating 30 plays where he's not going to get hit. So of the 35 passes, how many is he completing before anyone gets to him? Probably around 20, maybe more. So that leaves what? Like 15, 10 to 15 passes where they might be incomplete. Maybe they're throwaways. Maybe they're plays where he throws it in the ground before someone gets there. The point I'm getting at is you can do all the math on every probable outcome. And at the end of the day, he's only getting hit a couple times each game. He was smart. He preserved his body. He knew that if the play wasn't there, just fall to the ground like Peyton Manning would sometimes. And everyone goes, oh, man, can you believe he did that? Yeah, he didn't want to get hit. He doesn't want to get hurt. He's thinking big picture, not small picture. That's how guys like Allen should think if they want to prolong their careers. They don't want to prolong their careers. Let it all hang out now and realize in three to five years it's probably over. I don't totally agree with that. Like, I don't think you need to go full Tom Brady. I don't think Tom Brady really plays the same way in 2023. If you're a young up-and-coming quarterback, I realize Tom Brady just retired and it was going okay for him. But the point is, it feels like the Tom Brady era was a slightly different era than the one we're seeing today. I mean, most of these quarterbacks are mobile, they are dual threat, and they are physical. Josh Allen can use those things to his advantage while also not being quite as extreme as he is. Like, we don't need to be lowering our shoulder and looking for the contact at all times. We don't need to be pretending that we're a linebacker out there when we're playing quarterback. I think there's a happy medium between the way Josh Allen plays and the way Tom Brady plays. I'm not sure he necessarily has to go full extreme pocket guy. I crumble anytime pressures on me guy, but also I don't think he needs to go out there looking for it. Like he's a bulldozer. The Patriots and Mac Jones had a rocky 2022 season and it ended with the locker room being split on whether Mac or Bailey Zappi should be the starting quarterback. But the Pats made some changes to their coaching staff this offseason, including bringing back Bill O'Brien to be their OC. And O'Brien says Mac will have a clean slate heading into the season. How good could Mac Jones be? You know, I think, Tom, I think the big thing for us right now is is everybody starting with a clean slate. You know, I think that uh, every year is different. I think this year is no different than any other year relative to each year in the NFL is different, right? So what you did in the past or whether it's a player or a coach or anybody – 
in the organization really has no bearing on what happens moving forward. So, like, you know, we just started yesterday, and we're looking forward to having a good phase one and then a good phase two and then a good phase three, and that's kind of what it's all about. So, Joe, you heard the reporter ask the question, how good do you think Mac Jones can be with Bill O'Brien as his offensive coordinator? I think he can be solid. I think we can see a definite step forward. I mean, he completed 65% of his passes last year, but it was 14 TDs and 11 interceptions. Now, yeah, he made some mistakes, but they didn't really put him in a position to succeed. Look at the weapons around him. It's what you would call a below-average pass-catching unit. They spent a lot of money in a lot of spots, but it didn't work out. And then ultimately, look at his offensive coordinators and play callers. I mean, Matt Patricia, who was a defensive coordinator in New England and then failed as a head coach in Detroit, was one of them. And Joe Judge, who was, I believe, a special teams coach in New England and then a failed head coach at the New York Giants. Those were the guys calling the plays. You set him up to fail, and fail he did. Team didn't go to the playoffs. They weren't very good. So I think now you bring in an actual offensive mind who's had a lot of success offensively everywhere he's been. If you can put some weapons around him as well, naturally he's going to take a step forward. I think the situation's better. I think we'll see more from him. I don't think he's going to the Pro Bowl outside of a bunch of injuries, but I think he can play a lot better this year. That was the most bull bleep coach speak soundbite ever. I mean, it really was. Nobody comes (laughs) in with, first of all, nobody is there with a clean slate. Like, it's such nonsense. Mac Jones wouldn't even be the quarterback if it was a clean slate. He's just a product of his resume and everything that he's done before Bill O'Brien's arrival again at the OC position. Everyone is a product of their resume and Mac Jones's resume here matters. We are talking about a quarterback that did go to a pro bowl, albeit yes, as an alternate, he went to a pro bowl in his rookie season. So he has shown that he can at least be decent in this league. Right. And I would expect him to be that. I don't know if Mac Jones is elite. I don't know if Mac Jones is ever going to be elite. I have no evidence of that whatsoever, but I do think that Mac Jones showed you in his first year that he can at least be competent if there's more competency around him and like Joe said there wasn't much of that this past season at all I think he gets a bit of a pass for this past season maybe that's the clean slate that Bill O'Brien's referring to but frankly it's all nonsense it's not a clean slate the leash isn't going to be terribly long they're going to need to see things from Mac Jones the second that they feel like that he has enough around him that he should be in a position for success. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, some unexpected news about one of the NFL's biggest stories last season. We'll get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Right now in live action, Boston is leading Atlanta 48 to 40 right now, about five minutes left in the second quarter in that game, New York up on Cleveland, 12 to six. That game has about six and a half left in the first quarter. We'll continue to keep you updated on all of the NBA action. Joe and Amber's presented to you by progressive insurance, but first let's go ahead and get to the NFL because we got some very good news, Joe, uh, out of the Buffalo Bills camp. Anyways, DeMar Hamlin, just over three and a half months after that Commodio Cordis, I believe. Is that how you say it? After DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the football Wrong field. Let's just say it that way in Cincinnati. I'm no doctor. I'm trying to pretend I'm a doctor. Let's not even go there. You're right. You know what? He collapsed. A man collapsed. We all saw it. We know what happened there with DeMar Hamlin. He was resuscitated. Just three and a half months later, he has been cleared to play football again. He announced on social media. He put out a hype video of him training. I mean, he looks back and fully back. I mean, back and better than ever. He really does. A a remarkable story, Joe. Think about the genesis of of this story until now and just our part in it, which which is nothing, but just like that was our first show. The Mm -hmm. first Joe and Amber was the night after that had happened, right? That was a Monday. And then we launched on a Tuesday And that was the conversation. And it's a difficult conversation to have because all you really want to do is focus on the guy's health and hope that he's better. But then all these other side Exactly. And then all these other side conversations come in like, was it handled properly? How do you make up the game? How does it affect the playoffs? And it's like, all right, can we just let that go for a few days before we actually dive into that? It doesn't really seem that important now. And now here we are three and a half months later. He's better. We've seen him. We've heard from him, and he's been cleared. And it's not just one doctor. Uh, according to, I think it was the team's general manager was speaking about how he's been cleared by three or four different doctors. And he's made it a point to say it's not like it was a two-to-one scenario where two doctors said he's good and one doctor said he wasn't. Every single doctor cleared him. So more power to him if he wants to get back out there and he can get overcome that mental hurdle of what that's like. I guess it'll be great to see him out there. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, didn't, I wasn't sure he would want to play. Is that weird to, th- weird to think like? No, you, I think... You almost th- think maybe you wouldn't want to play anymore. I think that's where this conversation goes. Because I actually wasn't as shocked, I think, as a lot of people when I heard that he'd been physically cleared to play the game. Because as I understood the situation, it was, as doctors had explained it, sort of a freak accident that can happen in the manner in which you get hit, where it can essentially cause cardiac arrest. And it's not something that he would be any more susceptible to than anybody else playing on that football field. It's not like some sort of chronic condition that DeMar Hamlin had. It's not a heart condition that he had previously or a blood clotting you know, situation, those sort of conditions that we see from other professional athletes that end up having to quit their sport. And so I understood if it's just this one isolated event, a freak accident could happen to anybody. I could understand how if he made a full recovery from it. He could be cleared to play again. It's the mental component of that. You almost died on the field. Your heart stopped on the field on national television. We canceled the entire game from there on. The entire world stopped. The entire sports media stopped. We went full wall-to-wall Demar Hamlin for weeks. I mean, everything stopped in the world for him because of the concern for him. Obviously, a very life-changing event for Demar Hamlin at only 25 years old. The mental component of coming back to that, I think, would be the toughest part. Here is Demar Hamlin himself, the Bills' safety at his presser. 
Well, we're just working out. We're not we're not playing football technically yet, you know. So I'm day to day with it, you know. I'm I'm just taking it one day at a time. That's where I'm at in this process. Uh, anytime I try to think too forward, um, you know, it, it it gets cloudy. So I'm I'm riding a roller coaster of emotions. I'm taking it one day at a time, and I'm I'm trusting God. You know, I'm I'm walking by faith. He went on to say, I just want to show people that fear is a choice and that you can keep going in something without having the answers and without knowing what's at the end of the tunnel. I mean, it's inspirational to see that someone's gone through this. I think more from the mental aspect than anything else, because people, not everybody, but people go through things in their lives and then they have to try to find a way back from a mental perspective, whether it's something physical that occurred, whether it's just just any sort of moment in your life that could cause trauma, then trying to rally back without having that affect you. I mean, on a very trivial level, we'll talk about it in sports when a guy's coming off an ACL injury and we'll say, well, you know, he might be a little tentative and he might put more weight and more pressure on the other knee. And that's why a lot of times if there's a second tear, it ends up being the other knee because you're favoring it more because of the previous injury and on and on the conversation goes. But it's inspirational. The fact that if he's already over this and he's ready to go, and you got to figure you're not going to have any doctors out there that are like, yeah, you're good to go if you're at a serious risk of this happening again, let alone three doctors. And I have a feeling a guy like DeMar Hamlin is probably seeing some of the best doctors that money can buy. So to see him out there next year is, is going to be wonderful if that's what he chooses to do. It's going to be a big storyline. He's a huge favorite to bring in the gambling angle to win comeback player of the year. Those prices hit today. Minus 650, which means you have to risk 650 bucks to win 100. You don't see a favorite that big in that market this far before the start of the season ever. I'm a person who takes a lot of pride in like my mental toughness, you know, like my emotional strength, my mental toughness. It's something that I very much pride myself on. I consider myself very tough in that category. You However, do get pretty banged up when you lose jury duty, though. That well, really how, mentally tough. You, you'd be well, right, first, James. I mean, again, the judge is on the take. It's a whole flawed system. <laughs> it's ridiculous that I am subjected to it each and every week here on Joe and Amber. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, it's the physical component of this matched with the mental that I can't wrap my head around. Like, I can't do box jumps at the gym because I'm afraid I'm going to crack my teeth, you know, and I can't get past the mental component of that. Really? Because that, yeah, like, I've never, it's one of the reasons I never played sports. It's like the mental thing of it is what is such a hindrance to me when it comes to playing it out on a physical level. That I have a hard time relating to with what it's going to take from him strength-wise with DeMar Hamlin. It translating to the physical. That would be well, so hard. I, I go can, get I him, man. Go get him. If he's feeling good yeah. and he's cleared, go get him. Yeah, go get him. Uh, inspirational story. We will continue to keep you updated on it. Coming up next, CJ Stroud is dropping. Joe and Amber, the podcast.